Through widespread diplomatic initiative, Israel staved off a concerted attempt by the South African, by South African and Algerian governments last weekend to remove its observer status permanently from the African Union. Israel Foreign Affairs Ministry said that South Africa and Algeria, whose leaders were at the 37th summit of the AU, heads of state in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia, at the weekend, planned to convince the union's 55 member states to cut off relations with Israel and to introduce a proposal that would declare Israel guilty of genocide for its war against Hamas. They failed to achieve this. Joining us this morning is Professor Andre Duvenage. He's a political analyst. Professor, very good morning. Thanks for joining us once again. How are you? morning, Howard. I am fine. Nice talking to you again. Nice speaking to you. The South African government, of course, going all in on their uh, war against Israel. We've seen it with the ICJ. We've seen them then attempt to even bring emergency, uh, whatever it is, cases or hearing to the ICJ. We see it with the AU. Uh, this, this, what do you make of their... Uh, somewhat obsessive or very focused uh, uh, view of Israel? Well, Howard, uh, as you mentioned in the beginning, Israel countered what we can describe as a well-planned, concerted effort driven by South Africa and Algeria to take away the observer status of Israel and to declare Israel guilty of genocide against Hamas uh, in the Gaza Strip. Now, to me, this is in a way an important win for Israel. And I know there was a lot of effort on the side of Israel to counter this proposal. But to me, uh, it stands in the context or light of bigger polarization throughout the world and it's now clear that the war that was ignited in the Ukraine jumping over to Israel involving more and more states is becoming a factor that is going to divide the world and with far-reaching implication for African states and what is interesting is South Africa's position in this regard on Saturday at the Moses Madiba Stadium we have heard uh, President Ramaphosa again saying that they support Hamas in their struggle against uh, apartheid and whatever the case mm, mm. may be. So clearly they are well uh, supported from the side of the ANC. And there's also a lot of info coming through from Russia's support towards the ANC from the connection uh, that was made a time ago uh, when a number of uh, South African senior politicians went to Russia. And we know that Russia has a very strong involvement on the African continent, amongst others, through the Wagner Group. Mm. But my take on it is that this was a positive outcome for Israel, and uh, if you can say 44 of the 55 states on the African continent is supporting you, that is positive. And then secondly, 
it is clear and we picked it up a long time ago outside the, the Israeli conflict context and that is that South Africa's influence on the African continent is not that big as they would like to have and it's clear that South Africa is in conflict with a number of other leading African states I think about Nigeria a time ago and so What's interesting to me is that we never saw this vehemence and resolve from Cyril Ramaphosa before. In fact, we pretty much haven't seen it in, with regard to anything, certainly nothing South African, that uh, you know, here he has a reputation of being a bit spineless. But when it comes to this issue, uh, he, he, he seems quite vehement and, and, and almost aggressive. But it, it never came out before. Was he hiding it or has something changed, do you think? Uh, no, I don't think he is hiding it. I believe things change within the context of the ANC. And I believe that he, that has a lot to do with the election of 2024 and the fact that the ANC as an organization is in trouble financially and otherwise and they need to uh, reactivate their political ideology, their stance on issues. And now they are playing uh, a two-line type of game. On the one side, they are getting financial and other support for the election of 2024. I have no doubt about it. And then secondly, the counterperformance is to, to act against Israel and to connect this connection with the internal ideology of the ANC, which is built on what we like to call the National Democratic Revolution. And my take on Mr. Ramaphosa, and uh, in, a, in a way it's a bit of speculation, but I think there is also some evidence to support it. I won't be surprised if Mr. Ramaphosa is playing what people like to call the end game. And his main job at the moment is to get the ANC secure and safe through the 2024 elections and get the party on a stable ground where they achieve a majority and where they can keep the necessary control over the levers of power. And according to achieve this, it need for him to take drastic action. And it's a bit in contradiction what I perceive uh, happened a time ago. I know there was a conflict between uh, Israel and I think the Israel ambassador uh, or mm. high commissioner in South Africa, which, which end up in Lindiwe Suzulu uh, ending her role as Minister of Foreign Affairs. So uh, my take on that was it was a pro-Israel thing coming from the Ramaphosa line. I don't know the specific details of so that context. So that, yeah. that was my impression. And we are now 180 degrees on the other side. That is absolutely fascinating. I didn't, I didn't think of, uh, I didn't think of that. Do you think that th there's no doubt in my mind that the ANC thinks that this is going to have a positive impact on the, on the polls when we do go to elections? I'm a little bit skeptical about that. What are your thoughts? Well, uh, 
to, to start with, I don't think South Africa is a classic democracy. People are not voting for manifestos. They are not voting for uh, clear ideological views. They are voting for where they can get the most benefits. And that is what the ANC is doing. They are busy with a populist thing in terms of legislation. We think about the Bella legislation with education. We are looking at the national health insurance. We are looking at more social grants. At the moment, about 28 million people are receiving social grants. Mm. They are going for this uh, standard income grant thing they like to implement. And that is what people are voting for. They are not voting for these high international issues, although it may have, and we know it's going to have, far-reaching implications on the South African economy, uh, if we think about already the Mm. current reaction coming from, amongst others, the United States of America, but also some European countries. But people are voting in in another way, and I think bread and butter issues are more crucial. We have close to 14 million people that are living under the poverty line. For them, a food parcel is very important and very critical, and you can buy over a vote. So that is our form of democracy, which I believe is not a classical form. There's a lot of democratic form, but there's not a lot of democratic content and functioning of democratic processes on the inside. Very, very interesting. We do need to leave it there. Professor Andre Duvenage, political analyst, talking to us about South Africa at the AU and uh, South Africa in general in the international, uh, in the in- international arena.